If we could have our first slide up, please, Jonathan. Uh, my grandmother used to have a, a stunning flat-coated retriever, completely black, uh, a bit like the one that is about to come up on, on here. Just the most gorgeous dog. And uh, it was fine during the day because you could, you could see him. But at night time we were on the farm and uh, you know, you'd walk up the drive and, and you'd be walking along and there was no sound and suddenly there would be this wet nose <laughs> against your hand and you know, quite, quite, a, quite a jolt. He also loved to just come up and take your hand in his mouth and so uh, sometimes you'd feel these teeth on your hand just in the complete darkness um, but he was such a sweet thing. Well, thankfully, Jesus invites us to walk in the light so that there is nothing to scare us and nothing that can harm us. So, uh, in the Bible, John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of life instead of the fright of our life. Uh, I want to look today at what it means to walk in the light. Another verse in the Bible, Psalm 56, verse 13, uh, the psalmist writes, You have delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. God invites us, no matter what our condition, no matter what our situation, to come to the light, to come to him, to receive light and life. We don't have to fumble in the darkness any longer. Jesus is the light of the world. He is the source of life. And the closer we get to him, the more of that we can receive. Jesus said that we can now walk in the light. We can see our way through safely and clearly through the complexities of life. And he promises that he will be there, uh, he'll be there to help us even when things aren't as clear as we'd like them to be. When Andrew and Philip first came across Jesus, it went a bit like this, recorded in, in John's account of Jesus' life, chapter 1, verse 38. Jesus looked around and he saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. So they went with him and they spent the rest of the day with him. It was just a, a little dialogue of, uh, you know, you are, a, you are a teacher, you're a rabbi, we want to be with you. And um, if you're not familiar with that term of rabbi, uh, a rabbi was a Jewish leader who would, uh, and teacher, who would have a group of followers or disciples. That's why we call the 12 of Jesus' closest friends disciples, because that was the, the model that it was based upon. And the idea was that by hanging out with the rabbi, you would learn from him. Not just because the rabbi was a teacher, but you actually spent all day with the rabbi. And so uh, who the rabbi was uh, would gradually rub off on you. We know that most things are caught rather than taught. It's important to remember that. So spending time with each other is the primary way of learning. Listening to podcasts is great. I love listening to podcasts. I've got a good selection on my phone, um, but it's not enough. I hope these talks are useful, and Jesus, he gave quite a lot of teaching as well, didn't he? Life-changing, world-changing teaching, but it was by being with Jesus that they were changed. 
It was by being with Jesus that they didn't just hear the words that the crowds heard, but they actually saw Jesus live that out in practice. So the aim of this talk is to help us understand what walking in the light looks like in practice in order to be a follower or disciple of Jesus, becoming like him in all things. And so putting those two bits together, it means walking in the light. So here are some things that we need to be able to understand and do in order to be able to walk in the light. I'll give you the headings. The first one is die in order to live. I'll explain that in a moment. The second one is live for God, then get rid of the darkness. Uh, fourth one is to change our spiritual clothing. And then the last one is to break spiritual strongholds. So if none of that makes sense, hopefully it will by the time I've finished. So the first one is to die in order to live. The Bible talks about what happens when we say yes to Jesus. We share in his death on the cross so that we can share in his life. Now that doesn't mean that we have to die physically in the same way that Jesus did, but we get the benefit of what he did on the cross. So for example, there's a, the, uh, the letter that was written by Paul to the, uh, the church in Colossae. Colossians chapter 2 verse 20 you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world or to put it a different way 1 Peter 2 verse 9 God called you out of darkness into his wonderful light once you were not a people but now you're the people of God once you had not received mercy but now you have received mercy so God invites us to come out of darkness and unfortunately you guys you're you're representing sitting in darkness today I'm afraid so you and God invites you to move out of darkness to come and live in the light well chosen you guys and you guys in the middle well you've left the darkness but you haven't really entered the light which is what most Christians do more of that hopefully will make sense in a moment we die in order to live. We die to our old way of living, the, the way of darkness, and all the things of darkness, so that we can then live a different life, living in a different place. And uh, so we're called out of darkness into light. And the Bible says that when we live in the light, we don't live in darkness anymore. We don't have anything to do with anything to do with uh, darkness. Spiritual death has no hold over us anymore because God has brought us out of that, out of the kingdom of darkness, into the kingdom of light. And we're set free. We have supernatural life and we now live over here in the light. And that's what the term holy means. Uh, it means to, to be separate, to separate yourself from darkness. And often we think of holy as being, you know, obeying lots of rules and all that kind of thing. That completely misses the point. But in some ways it looks the same because when you separate yourself from darkness, you begin to enjoy living in the light and you begin to appreciate just how incredible the life is that Jesus has created for us and how much better it is to live in the light than it is to follow the ways of darkness. And so you don't follow lots and lots of rules that's just what religion does but you follow Jesus and you allow him to come into your life and change you so that the darkness has no hold any longer
So we die to that in order to live. And the second thing is we live for God. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. Since then you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. We live a different kind of life now. We don't see all of this with our physical eye. One day we will. But for now we, we live by faith. We take all the pointers that we get and, uh, and then we have to take a step of faith. And to move from darkness into light, it takes a step of faith because there are certain things that we can see, there are things that we maybe understand a bit, but there are other things that we don't see or understand. And that's where faith comes in. And we, we take the step and then we find that actually that it's true. So however we live, we live by faith. We either have faith that Jesus is alive, or we have faith that he's not. We either put our trust in God and seek to walk with him, or we don't put our trust in God and we trust our own ability, our own way of doing things. Either way, we have to have faith. It takes as much faith to not believe in God as it does to believe in God. And we all have faith. You have faith in the chair that you're sitting in, that it will support your weight, that, um, that the molecules that hold it together aren't suddenly going to fail, that the laws of physics aren't going to suddenly change. And uh, if you didn't have faith, you wouldn't sit in the chair. It's a choice. And for us, walking in the light is a choice that we make each day. So step one is to move from darkness into light. Step two is to learn to live in the light. What does it mean to live in the light? So in this passage in, at the beginning, it says your, set your heart on things above and then set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And it's by drawing close to God, listening to him and putting into practice what he teaches us that we learn to live in the light instead of living in the darkness in the way that most of our society does. We live in a different spiritual place now and God calls us to live a different life. We leave darkness behind and we live according to the light. And it should be that clear to us that we live that differently from the way we used to live and the way we live from the people who are around us. Rather than just thinking, well, you know, I've accepted Jesus into my life, a bit like adding another app on your phone and it's just one of many things and it doesn't really actually make that much difference. Moving from darkness into light is something that is quite radical. It means that we're no longer living under the legalism of evil, no longer bound by destructive thoughts or behaviour, but God invites us to live in his freedom, to, to let go of that stuff, to be close to him, to become like him. And we don't live for darkness anymore. We died to that way of life. We now live for God. There's a, a new film that's been put together that they showed us at the National Leaders Conference. It's uh, John Wright interviewing uh, Carol Wimber, John Wimber's wife, and uh, Bob and Penny Fulton, who were uh, key people right at the beginning when the, the vineyard was first started. And they showed a, a clip of John Wimber saying, when he lived for the devil, he expected to do the devil's stuff. 
but now he's left that all behind and he lives for Jesus he expects to do stuff for Jesus and so you know he started to read in the Bible they they went and they healed the sick and he said you know when I worked for the devil he let me do his stuff I, I expect to you know to be able to do Jesus stuff now but every day I live I have a choice to make do I live for God or do I live for myself so the third thing is to get rid of the darkness slightly longer passage here Colossians chapter 3 verse 5 put to death therefore whatever belongs to your earthly nature sexual immorality impurity lust evil desires and greed which is idolatry because of these the wrath of God is coming so the wrath of God is not God you know just losing his temper and just falling into rage and you know going around smashing stuff uh, the wrath of God is when he sees something that is evil and he acts in correct judgment against that but now you must rid yourselves uh, sorry you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these anger rage malice slander filthy language from your lips don't lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on your new self which is being renewed in the knowledge in knowledge in the image of its creator it's a process here isn't it we are being renewed and uh, as long as we live there will be more that we need to do there will be more uh, stuff to get rid of more baggage to get rid of more wounds to be healed uh, more things to become like Jesus living in the light more freely when we live in the dark we behave as children of the dark and we have all sorts of destructive things in our lives we were in slavery to different things that it lists here things that are uh, sinful they're wrong they're destructive they're contrary to God's will they harm us they harm other people around us uh, they're like spiritual poison notice some of the things that are listed in this passage uh, distorted sexual practices impure thoughts and desires greed selfishness out of control anger all sorts of different kinds of thoughts words and behavior and that's what we were all like that's how where we all lived there's no spiritual one-upmanship in this and we don't deserve to move across it's all what God has done for us but we don't live there any longer we want to live God's way and so it says in verse 10 there put on the new self God has something new for us to be, to put on a new identity a new way of behaving a new way of doing things living in the light one of the images that it's using here is of wearing different clothes and so you know imagine you've been in the Antarctic you've had thermals on you've got a thick coat you've got gloves and you would have suffered without it but then when you arrive at the equator those uh, thermals those gloves those everything they're not going to help you anymore in fact they're going to be a real hindrance to you they would get in the way of enjoying life and when we lived in darkness those very things that helped us to survive they're not going to help us any longer in fact they'll hinder us from being able to enter into the life 
that God has for us. And so it uses this analogy of taking, taking the old clothing off and putting on new things. Verse 9, you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed. And the more we become aware of it, the more we are able to let go of that old stuff in order to move away from it. So get rid of the darkness. The fourth thing is to change your spiritual clothing. Colossians 3 verse 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. If we want to live in the light, to, have, to live that supernatural life, to be close to Jesus, we change our spiritual clothing. Otherwise, uh, life becomes very difficult for us. So, uh, Janice, I wonder if you'd come and help me. Um, all I need you to do initially is to walk from darkness into light. <laughs> there. That was pretty easy, wasn't it? So if you could come back into the darkness, please. <laughs> if we can just put that over you. Okay. And um, now try and walk into the light. <laughs> I didn't choose Tim. I <laughs> and sometimes we make a bit of progress, don't we? And uh, carry on moving. And we, we move forward. We think we've got some freedom. And then suddenly it's two steps forwards and... A number of steps back again. Thank you. You're welcome. And that's what these, yeah, that's what these strongholds are like. They pull us back and they make it hard for us to get into the light where we want to be. And that's why life, one of the reasons why life is so frustrating. Because we can see the light, we can see how incredible Jesus is, we know this is where we're meant to be living, and yet these things keep pulling us back. So if you want to be free from evil, free to walk in the light, free to have an intimate friendship with God, if you want to enter fully into the life, which means not just receiving nice stuff for yourself, but as I read out during the break, you know, that Isaiah 61 passage, the reason the, the Spirit of God comes upon us is not just for our benefit, but so that we can proclaim the light and be light to other people, seeing them healed and set free. If we want to enter into that, if we want to enter into unquenchable love, peace and joy, something has to change. We have to change clothes. God calls us to leave all the dark things behind and uh, take on the light. Compare that list of evil with... Uh, this list here, love, forgiveness, unity, compassion, kindness, non-aggression, sounds much better to me. And uh, just as we would like other people to treat us that way, it, wouldn't it be nice to be free of those buttons that people sometimes press so that we don't react in the, in the way that we might otherwise do so? So that leads us to 
Point number five, break spiritual strongholds. Sometimes we, got, we can't break free on our own. There is a spiritual stronghold, like that elastic that was holding Janice back, and uh, it can be associated with certain kinds of behaviour. Um, addictions can be chemical, behavioural, emotional, spiritual, in the hold that they have on us, and sometimes they're a whole mixture. We are complicated people. So in uh, Colossians chapter 2 verse 13 it said, When you were dead in your sins, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all our sins, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So what we need has been done for us. The, the power of all these strongholds, whether it's a, a spiritual, demonic stronghold, or whether it's something to do with uh, emotion or uh, whatever, it's all been dealt with on the cross so that we can live in freedom. But we need to be aware that there are spiritual powers and authorities of evil. When we lived in the darkness, we gave them permission to have authority over us. The things that we did gave them the right to have influence in our lives. Our behaviour opened the door and it gave them a foothold. And you probably spotted they weren't good company. But when Jesus died on the cross, this verse tells us that he broke their power. And the result is that now we can be free. We don't have to live under their power any longer. We don't have to live under their influence or authority because Jesus has dealt with it on the cross. But we need to take hold of what Jesus has done for us. And that's what we look at in Finding Freedom, which we'll be doing on the 13th and 14th of March. It's some of the best material we have. And I think you'll find it'll make a huge difference in your life as well. So what do spiritual strongholds look like? Well, we don't see usually the spiritual powers behind them, but we see their effects. Life is so much harder than it should be. Uh, things don't work as they should. We're more vulnerable to temptation. We find it hard to say no when we're tempted, when it in theory, it should be a lot easier. Then there are things like addictive behaviour, uh, compulsive behaviour, drugs, alcoholism, smoking, uh, pornography, masturbating, eating disorders, self-harm, violence. Then addictive thinking and emotion, strongholds in our heart and mind, which is why it picks out both heart and mind in that earlier verse, saying that we need to change there. Thought patterns that need to be broken. Greed, fear and anxiety, lust, anger, self-hatred, panic, judgmental or critical attitudes, you can, you can add to the list. And so if you have difficulty breaking free of these habits, these thought patterns that just go round and round and round, then it's quite likely that there is some kind of a stronghold, which could just be emotional, it could be mental, it could be spiritual, but it's likely to probably have a mixture of things in there. And so I'd encourage you, let Jesus do that for you through his people. That's why God puts us close together in his family. And, uh, and that's why he's given us Finding Freedom, which is on the 13th and 14th of March, and hopefully will be in your diary as well. Uh, and we would love you to come and join us. And you may think, well, 
you know, I've been following Jesus for a long time. I don't think I really need to go to finding freedom. Yes, you do. You really do. Um, if you like, you can queue up at the end and I'll give you a list of the things that you each need to deal with. Because we're human. We're broken. And until the day Jesus comes again, we will all have baggage that we need to deal with. And every time I do Finding Freedom, and I've done it, I don't know, a dozen or more times, every time God speaks to me and uh, he brings a bit more freedom. But the other thing I find is that the closer I get to Jesus, the more be I become aware of just how dirty I am. If it, if it wasn't for him and how much the things that I used to think, oh, you know, that's, that's okay, doesn't matter. And he, he just occasionally puts his finger and he says, should we deal with this now? And uh, he brings us more freedom. We have authority as God's children to be able to use spiritual power. And that includes breaking the hold of these strongholds and these different things that hold us back from being able to enter into the fullness of life that Jesus has for us. And uh, we do it, we use that as a way of serving each other and serving out in our community as well, of finding uh, inventive ways of taking this good news out into the community so that other people can experience God's goodness. We're all in the same position. We're broken people who need a saviour. One of the things that I was uh, a stronghold for me was fear. And uh, when I was at school, in my mid-teens, uh, on the way home, I'd walk past a modelling shop. I used to love making models, boats, aeroplanes, train set, all that kind of thing. Please don't judge me for the train set. Um, but I used, to, I used to love making stuff. But I was so bound by fear that I would walk past that shop three, four or more times before I could get the courage to go in. Now, it wasn't that the shop owner was scary or anything like that. He was always very friendly. And, uh, but the stronghold affected me. And God is still setting me free. There are little bits and pieces that are still being set free. And some of you, I know, have the same kind of fear. It's debilitating. But Jesus sets us free so that we don't have to live like that any longer. God invites us to come to the light and to walk in the light. We don't have to walk uh, or live under the influence of evil any longer. The behaviour, the thinking, the strongholds that we picked up when we lived in darkness don't have to be part of our lives any longer because Jesus died to set us free. And we were all in the same position, weren't we? Don't be put off, especially if you're new to church. It's easy to look around and think, everybody else has got it together. And I'm the only one who's carrying all this stuff. Um, well, actually, we're all broken people. We all have stuff to deal with. And uh, we're still being healed. Which is why you're all going to sign up for Finding Freedom on the 13th and 14th of March. Grace and mercy have been poured out on us time and time again. Never get to the end of God's grace and mercy. And it doesn't matter how many times we stumble, how many times we get it wrong, doesn't matter how many times we turn our back on God, he welcomes us back into the light again and again and again. He picks us up, he cleans us off, dusts us down and gets us going again. But more than that, he gives us new life. 
and we are born spiritually into his family. Once you're in his family, you can't go back, you can't be taken back. You, you might forget your identity and start living in darkness. Isn't that crazy? Living as a child of light, but carrying on as if you were a child of darkness and carrying on with, with those old rules and everything else. When God has put us in as ch- his children, children of light and that we're free to be able to walk with him. Last verse, John chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so when we say yes to Jesus and we start to follow him, we then get as close to him as we can because he is our teacher, he's our rabbi, we're his disciples, we want to follow him and uh, we gradually become like him, bit by bit true disciples. So I'd encourage you, let Jesus set you free from any evil, any darkness, any shadow in your life. Choose to walk in the light today. Let go of evil thinking, habits and behaviour and then let God release his power through you. And the more we let go of the old stuff, the more freedom we have to live as God intended us to live. The more freedom we have to use the natural gifts and abilities that he's given us as well as the supernatural gifts and abilities that he wants to give us. And the more free we are to be able to respond to him and uh, see him do what he wants to do. So I want to finish uh, off this bit by praying a prayer and it's a prayer for any of you who have never really said yes to Jesus before. And this gives you an opportunity to say yes to him, to say, in effect, I want to go out of darkness into light. I want to uh, be forgiven for all the stuff I've done wrong. And I want to enter the light as your child and have that new identity. So I'm just going to pray this out loud. If you want to pray it, you pray it silently between you and God. And um, this is how it goes. Jesus, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong and I surrender to you. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me the gift of forgiveness, new life and your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever, to be my forgiver and leader. Amen. So just keep your eyes closed for a second. If you prayed that for the first time today, just look up and catch my eye. Uh, It's encouraging for me and it also uh, is good for you to acknowledge the step that you've taken today. Anybody this morning? Okay. Whether you prayed it for the first time today or the umpteenth time, in Jesus' name you're forgiven. Every thought, every emotion, every action that is not godly, that is not like Jesus, that he wouldn't do, in Jesus' name you're forgiven. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just come and wash through this place now and that your cleansing would come through this place, that each one of us would be washed clean set free from the darkness. I ask that the 
The things that have held us back would hold us back no longer. I ask that you come and change thought patterns, emotional responses. Let the Spirit come. And as you come with your healing, with your freedom, we ask for not just spiritual healing, but we ask for physical, emotional and mental healing as well. So Holy Spirit, come. I ask that you come and start, start touching our bodies now and that you bring your healing to us. One of the biggest healings that we need is to know how much God loves us. Every one of us carries a Father's love deficit. So Father, would you come with your love? We welcome you. So just take a moment, there's no rush. Just engage with God and let him do what he wants to do. You can bring to him whatever it is that you need. If you look back over the week and you realize that you felt rejected, then you can give that to him. But that's, that's one of the things we deal with in finding freedom as well. But um, just bring to him the, uh, the things that you were ashamed of this week, the broken things, the dark things. And as you give them to him, place them at the foot of the cross, you might even want to, in your mind's eyes, see the cross and just offload everything. And as you do that, let his light and his life come and fill you. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life.